Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Vital Advice for Your Everyday Life. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about something that (laughs) I just got done talking about on the phone with my sister, and uh, long story short, it's something that goes way back into my history and has been around for way too long, and honey, this is all about change. We're getting rid of it. We're no longer going to be jealous people. Aren't you guys like proud? Like I'm proud of myself. I think it's a, it takes a really big person to acknowledge when you are acting jealous and not putting it on someone else, which is why actually the other topic of today is actually going to be partnered with the topic of jealousy and that is boundaries. Okay, let's start with boundaries, right? So I'm not going to talk about boundaries in a wide sense. I'm, I'm staying in a very small scope today. So the way that I like to think of it is, as if anyone here has seen the movie Dirty Dancing, there is a scene where Patrick Swayze is teaching the dance position. And he's like, this is my dance space. And this is your dance space. I don't go into yours. You don't go into mine. I feel like that is a perfect example of what boundaries should be. Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are your space. And it has nothing to do with the other person's dance position, their dance space. Your area of influence can only go as far as your dance space and it cannot go into theirs, right? So that in regards to the statement, you made me jealous is stepping 100% into their dance space and trying to control their actions. That is not how we're going to get rid of the feelings of jealousy. That's not a healthy approach. That is not something I support, and it's definitely not something that moving forward I'm going to be doing. Cut and dry, that's what it is. Now, that's just the foundation of what I perceive boundaries to be. Now, within that, I have very set special boundaries now that I am establishing with jealousy specifically. I apologize if I'm talking really fast. Um, I got myself a a Coke for me to have the energy to do this today. And I think uh, the level of sugar and caffeine is just a little little too high for me. As I take another sip. Pause. So before we can fully talk about these changes that I'm implementing into my life, um, we kind of have to understand where jealousy comes from because that's what was really the foundation of the change for me is that I got tired of feeling jealous and like having these cycles of just jealousy popping up and me obsessing and feeling terrible because that person made me jealous. I, I, I got really tired of it. So I decided to one day find out what is jealousy in our heads? Why do we have certain emotions attached to it? And what can I do to get rid of it out of my repertoire of I, things? Now, I read actual like neuroscience and behavioral health articles to understand this, but uh, not to bore everyone that's not into that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you a story that I hope you all enjoy. So let's go open our storybook up to a page where I am dating Jason Momoa. This is my fantasy. We're going with it. I am dating Jason Momoa. And he takes me to this Hollywood party where we have mutual friends there. And it's like a rooftop party and it's open space where people can sit everywhere and there's a bar. And I'm chilling. And then Jason says, hey, babe. Hey, babe. (laughs) I'm going to go get us a drink. And he goes over to the bar and leaves me there with our friends. And as he's at the bar, I look over and I see this really attractive brunette woman, super tall, like gorgeous, come up to him and start talking. And he engages in the conversation. And then I notice like her, like, you know, like touching like her hair and like laughing. Oh, you're so funny. And putting her hand on him. Like she touches him flirtatiously and he doesn't pull away. 
outwardly, I'm probably visually showing that, that I'm focused on this. But internally in my brain, what's happening is a very primal part of my brain called the cingulate cortex is firing off. And this, this cortex is the part of the brain that goes off when you see something that you own in danger or is threatened to be taken away from you. This happened back in the day where we had like animal threat that could come and kill our family or, you know, other people who thought that they could like own our our children if they took them away from us. Like that part of the brain is firing off. So internally now I have picked up a stick and I've begun to sharpen it into a weapon so that I can stand up on the couch and physically threaten this person to get away from my man. Like, that is what that cingulate cortex is telling me to do, is I need to protect them, and I need to be, like, showing a physical threatening stance that they can't take it away from me. It also activates different parts of the brain that are really long, and I'm not going to say them. You're going to have to look them up yourself, um, that give off the emotional side of that feeling. The feeling uh, that usually comes off when someone is getting jealous is fear, anger, sadness. And then my favorite and the most constant with mine is a cognitive process like rumination. So in other words, it has this effect of us to just like dwell on the fact that this is going on. It also uh, fires off a different part in your brain that has a network implication of habit formation or something that would be considered a part of obsessive compulsive disorder that that just focus and just constant obsession and you can't look away. That's what's firing off. And none of that so far sounds like something that would be a really great thing in a relationship to have. So I'm like looking at Jason talking to this girl and instead of looking at Jason and allowing him to have this healthy uh, human interaction because whether or not I'm in a relationship with this person, Jason has the option to talk to people of the opposite sex and that person is free to flirt with him even if she knows I'm in a relationship with him. They're allowed to have human interaction. That's fine. And uh, if I was being a healthy human being, I would understand this, notice that they're not doing anything that within the parameters of our relationship that we have discussed, he's not breaking any boundaries. He's not breaking any standards that we have set. Therefore, I shouldn't be jealous of this interaction. They're not being disrespectful to our relationship. But if I'm not a person that has that type of foresight, what's going to take over my entire body is I have a perceived threat on my shit and I need to remove the threat by any means possible because I feel like that person has the tools to take him away. That's what it is. This isn't like me projecting a an actual situation that Jason is doing, like Jason is not actively cheating on me. It's the perceived threat that he could see value in her over my value. And that inherently makes her a threat. And I guess in a way, it also feels kind of like a loss of power in the relationship. Another thing that I have to bring up is the fact that it turns out that outside of just your own upbringing and what you have had happen to you in your life that has caused reactions to uh, perceived threats to your relationship. It can also just be genetic. You can inherit a genetic trait of jealousy before you even have an idea of what that is. That sucks. And I am so sorry <laughs> if you are one of those people because you're going to have a lot harder time getting rid of it if it's genetic. And the thing that really got to me is the cingulate cortex um, that fires off. 
Hello, Grim. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> the, the cingulate cortex that fires off the primal part that, like, the perceived threat, I need to protect my shit part of the brain. Um, interestingly enough, is also the part of the brain that fires off when you feel heartbroken. So essentially, if you don't take control of your own jealousy, you're going to be in a cycle of constantly breaking your own heart. That sounds like something I don't want to do. So I am taking the steps to stop being so jealous because that I'm not interested. And as we know from science, what you allow continues. And we're setting that boundary with jealousy, right? I'm setting that boundary within myself that I'm not going to have this continued cycle of breaking my own heart and allowing these rumination and OCD type formations in my head, obsessing over something I have absolutely no control over. I'm done competing for people's attention. Like if I don't have it, they can definitely take it away from me. I don't care. I'm done perceiving other people as threats to my shit. Like my shit better be my shit. And if they can take it so easily, if they really do have the tools to take away something that I have, then it probably wasn't mine to begin with. To be perfectly honest with you, it more than likely was not a strong enough foundation and or they didn't have the feelings that I thought they had. And it's doing me a favor by them taking them, quote unquote, taking them away. But remember, that's their dance space. I have no control over what my partner does. And so if they choose to do that, I didn't do anything to make them leave. They had to choose that. I didn't do anything to make them stay either. They had to choose to stay. That's the boundary we need to maintain with jealousy is you can never change someone's mind. You can't. They have to do that. They have to be willing to see the other side. They have to be willing to open up to your point of view. You will never, ever change anyone's mind. So if they're going to leave, that's their dance space. Let them go. Another thing that made me think about why I need to take more accountability and more control of my jealous traits is the amount of times that I can look back in my life and realize that my jealousy had only brought a negative effect on me. I mean, how many times have you ever been jealous and felt like it improved your life? Like really, probably close to zero, I would wager at least. And I would rather ruminate and obsess over things that only bring me value rather than allowing my brain to control me. So basically what I'm trying to say is you can change. At the end of the day, this whole long like 15 minute spiel I just did is to say you might be jealous, but you can train your brain to not have that control over your emotions anymore. And it is called, I believe, if I'm not wrong, cognitive training, brain training. And you will have to do this actively as if you're going to the gym. If you are a very jealous person, like some people who will remain unnamed on this podcast. It's me. <laughs> okay, so a couple of days ago, I opened up my Instagram account to the public and I asked if they had any jealousy stories to share with me because... I was honestly curious about other people's experiences with jealousy, and I got a few on there that I kind of want to talk about, um, one in particular that I felt was interesting, and it led me to a couple of um, pathways that I feel like, you know, let's just talk about it. Let me go grab my phone. I literally just walked into the other room looking for my phone and it was right next to uh, my microphone the whole time. So, you know, we're smart. We got this professional. Okay, so I'm not going to obviously reveal anyone's names because this is all anonymous. Everyone's working on their own path in their own way. But this person, the way that they stated their experience with jealousy as a jealous person putting it onto their partner, I just... It blew my mind. They said, okay, okay, I found it. They said, I found out that my partner was making plans to cheat because I was jealous she was spending time with a guy friend. 
So I know that jealousy, a lot of times we're, we're when we uh, don't have that boundary with it, we'll say things like, you made me jealous. But in this case, it almost sounds like the jealousy that was being put out there was the reason why someone cheated. And I just, I, I wonder how many other people feel this way. And honestly, I would like to say that I don't feel like that's jealousy then. More than likely, you weren't feeling jealous. You were responding to a disrespect to the relationship that was founded. And you were reacting in the same way that felt like jealousy. But honestly, that was just disrespect. That's that's that person. Now, we don't control them, obviously. We can't make them do that, which is the other side of this, is even if he was being jealous of her interactions with this other guy, he has absolutely no control over her actions. So he did not, through jealousy, make her make plans with this guy. She was being an asshole and cheating on him. That's the complete, that's her dance space, 100%. And his dance space, maybe he had feelings of jealousy of the interaction, but it looks like it was actually just a reaction to disrespect, which isn't jealousy. And I feel like we need to make a clear statement about that. Just because it feels like jealousy, if you guys are in an established relationship with set boundaries and set values and... If you have established the exclusivity within the relationship and both parties are aware of the exclusivity, then the blatant disrespect of her interactions with that person, especially if it is voiced of discomfort by the partner, I don't see that as jealousy. I see that as just reaction to disrespect. Now, I do want to say with that comment, honestly, it did remind me of something. Um, There are some types of people who do get off on the thought of their partner's jealousy, which is what I thought maybe uh, he meant originally. Um, I had him explain it because I was like, is she into cuckolding? <laughs> like, what what, what, made, what was it about your jealousy that inspired her to uh, <laughs> go out and seek this uh, cheating relationship with this man? So if they're into cuckolding and it, it's maybe like a secret kink they haven't expressed to you, that is one thing that I could see uh, be a correlation to the the emotion behind her actions. It also reminded me of, there's this thing. Anyone who has dated in Korea knows that within Korean society, there's this dating phenomenon called miltang, which is the push and pull. And within the push and pull part of the dating Uh, stage is a part where you would want your partner to display jealousy of your interactions with the opposite sex um, so that they can confirm to you through their jealousy that you're valued and that you're wanted and you're desired. It's a very popular thing and you'll see it in Korean dramas. Um, It's also displayed in K-pop music videos a lot. It's like this like They'll do it in a cute way and they'll be like, I can't believe you're talking to that girl. I'm going home. And then the guy will grab her wrist and be like, you're mine. You're not going anywhere. You're so important to me. And it's like it's supposed to be a way of getting uh, some sort of gratification within the relationship um, through jealousy. One hundred percent. And like I talked to my sister who has way more experience dating in Korea than I did. She had a five-year-long relationship with a Korean man. And so I felt like going to her to understand Miltang a little bit better uh, would help me express it. And she talked about how it was weird for her because as an American woman going over there and dating, her ex, um, when they were together, would want her to, he would almost like try to give her bait to make her jealous or for her to act jealous so that he could validate the relationship. So he'd like put on nice clothes and she'd be like, oh, you look nice. Great compliment to you. And he'd be like, don't worry. I won't let any other girls look at me. (laughs) And she was like, oh, that's right. I have to do miltang. So I have to be like, yeah, better not have those girls looking at you. You're mine. So I was wondering (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder. I, I think this might also be in Japanese culture a little bit. I don't know about um, any other cultures. I, I mostly know South Korean culture, so that's why it made me think of that. So I wonder if this girl that he was dating had a little bit of that maybe. Originally, when I was reading a story, I wondered if maybe there was a little bit of miltang in her dating preferences of wanting to see her partner get jealous to validate her stance in her partner's mind, have that validation of, oh, he will fight for me. Oh, he will say, this is my girl if I do these things with this other guy. And it will like make her feel like safer, I guess, within the relationship. It is possible. I will say that. But again, <laughs> that's not what this situation was. She was being disrespectful. She was being the asshole. And also, once again, uh, we don't take responsibility for anyone's actions anymore. Like if someone does something to make us jealous, we have to be the ones to choose to be jealous, right? So like that's their dance space. This is ours. We're maintaining that. Her choice to cheat was her choice to cheat and her choice not to cheat would have been her choice to be a better person and not cheat. <laughs> Okay, so let's go for a moment and let's talk about some things that we can do to set some boundaries with jealousy. Now that we have kind of like an understanding about what jealousy could be and why it's there and different facets that could come in to play with our partners. Now that we know that we have to do cognitive training in order for us to really get a hold of jealousy, one of the boundaries that I'm setting with myself is to verbally challenge the thoughts the second they arrive, the second I start feeling angry, the second that I start feeling the rumination and the obsession and the focus and the the caveman with the pointy stick emotion, the second that hits my brain, I need to challenge it. And I need to say, this is my cingulate cortex firing off. This is not an actual threat to me or my shit. This is not a threat to my person who has committed to me. And that person that is interacting with them is not my competition. Let me say that again. That person that is interacting with my person is not my competition. So after I verbally, and sometimes I will actually like go into the mirror and say this to myself in the mirror. Yes, I have been, <laughs> I have been jealous since I've come up with this idea before I made this podcast. I know, okay, I'm trying to be better. But yeah, sometimes I will actually go into the mirror and say that verbally to myself and make eye contact and be like, hey, you in there behind the green eyed monster, take control. So after I do that, what I have to do is an action to remove the obsession. I have to do a puzzle on my phone. I have to cook. I have to clean something. I have to do some physical action to stop the neural pathway because this is a neural pathway that we're establishing within our brains to ruminate and to go over and over and over in our heads in this obsession and this anger and this reaction to perceived threat is a neural pathway. And the only way to break a neural pathway is to break it off and weaken it so that we can establish a healthier way of reacting to things. So that's what I do, is I I do something physical. Maybe I'll go over with Grim and I'll, I'll pet her a little while or I'll play with her. Maybe I'll go on a walk, I'll go to the gym, something else. Now, if you're in a situation where you can't physically do something else, again, like get on your phone. If like you're not like... You can get on your phone if you're not in like a social situation where that would like be like obvious that like and almost petty, I guess, if you got on your phone. What, Grim? Good talk. You can do that or even better, if you can talk to someone about it and have a neutral party discuss this with you you're probably going to see how silly you sound. That helps. It's not going to make you feel better right away. I will tell you that right now. Jealousy is not an easy thing to kill, and it is not going to be a quick removal from your heart, but at least it won't ruin your day. That's progress. Another good one that I heard from a much more intelligent person than I am 
uh, was to, if you have the opportunity to go up and talk to the person that's uh, bringing these jealous thoughts into your head by their presence, you will find them less of a threat. So let's go back to the Jason Momoa story earlier. If I, in that story, stood up and walked over to the person that was flirting with Jason and said, hey, I love your dress. And this is a sincere compliment. We're not being petty here. We're not Regina George here, okay? This isn't mean girls. I genuinely like her dress. I noticed that her hair is beautiful. And I can say, wow, your hair honestly looks so beautiful today. Like things like that to bring down in your brain the pointed stick that you're trying to use as a weapon and engage with them, they will feel like a friend to you. They will have a connection to you and more than likely you're able to see, hey, Jason likes this person and I think Jason's a really cool guy. So I bet this person that he's having this nice conversation with is also a really cool person. And I like having cool people in my life. So I would be down with also having a discussion with her. I have seen some TikTok videos where they try to do this in like the opposite um, way where they go up to be like, notice you were talking to my man. And I noticed that like, so what were you talking about? Like, are you like are you trying to like get with him? Like that, like the intention behind the conversation on those TikToks obviously are satirical <laughs> and like they're being like, step away from my man is the opposite of what I'm meaning. I'm meaning that you should go up and genuinely be like, hey, let's be pals and see if that's someone like you really would genuinely like to be a friend with. Um, another boundary that I have is discussing with my partner. <laughs> oh, what? I have to communicate? Yeah, we're communicating. This is the year of communication. We are making sure that any future partners that I have will have a clear understanding of my boundaries, of my expectations, of my values. And if someone comes into our life that I perceive as someone that needs to be had, like, need to be discussed, I will discuss it with them. And I won't do it in a way of accusation, but to be like, hey, um, I noticed you had this conversation with that person. Um, how do you guys know each other? Oh, that's cool. You know, I noticed she was really pretty. Um, do you know her hairstylist? Like, whatever it is. Like, having a healthy discussion where, like, I don't feel like it would need to be something accusatory, being like, I noticed you were flirting. Like, pfft, who cares? He's a handsome guy. Of course he's going to flirt with a, uh, with a beautiful girl. That's not breaking any type of boundary that I have personally. If that's your boundary, that's something you need to discuss with your partner. But me personally, I don't feel like um, initial flirtation, especially at a party where everyone's drinking, is anything I need to be concerned about. Like, let them flirt. I don't care. But my boundary with jealousy uh, in that regard of communication is I would want my partner to talk to me about people that he's concerned about so that I can reassure him of the foundation of those friendships, how far back they go, why they're in my life and why they're valuable to me and vice versa. I would like for him to tell me how far back does it go? Why are they valuable? What value do they bring to your life? And so that I have an understanding. I don't want to have any friendship be off topic does that make sense where it's not so much that i'm scared they're going to take him from me i would like to have full knowledge of who they are to my partner so i can value them now these uh, boundaries are going to continue to develop because like right now i'm still going through what uh, i'm calling the jealousy challenge and i'm going to talk about that at the end of this podcast so that i can also invite anyone who likes to would like to join me on the jealousy challenge. But for right now, those are the boundaries that I have clearly set with myself um, so that I can be a healthier person. That last one about clear communication about who is who in uh, my partner's life um, actually is rooted in a story about my last relationship that, um, you know, that communication wasn't there. So let's get into that. So <laughs> don't you just love to hear the juicy, juicy tea about how terrible <laughs> I was as a partner? Good Lord. Looking back, I'm so glad I had this experience so I can share it and save you all from the pain of the very slow death 
that was that night. Um, but I really am sad that I allowed this to happen. So in my last relationship, my partner, we're going to call him Preppy. I'm not going to actually use his name because he's no longer in my life. But um, I still would like to respect that part of him so that no one has any access to go and look him up or anything like that. Preppy and I um, were coming up on a time where we both could go on vacation. It was a long weekend and it was like one of the last nice weekends. And he had decided to go down and visit his friends in it was like San Diego or something like that um it was a last minute decision and I asked to go with him he found a way for me to go down with him and meet his friends basically so like I was really nervous about that and we we drove down to San Diego and the first friend we met was was fine. It was chill. I knew him from playing video games, so I wasn't really all that upset about that. The first night we were there was the birthday party of a friend that Preppy had known since college days. And I think they called her the Kiwi or something like that. <laughs> like I don't I don't remember exactly. It was like some sort of like cutesy nickname they gave her because she was from New Zealand I think but it was a girl and it was this cute blonde girl I didn't know she was cute they didn't tell me that so we go over to her house and I know no one except for preppy the kiwi was really nice and she said hello and introduced herself she was a really nice girl but I immediately took her as a perceived threat because she had history with preppy she was cute and she was in a bathing suit nonetheless like this was like a swim party oh (laughs) oh let me tell you (laughs) then we go into the backyard where the party is and there are a bunch more beautiful women in bikinis (laughs) this is like the worst way to meet people (laughs) if you're a jealous person (laughs) they're all in bikinis They're all beautiful, and most of them were brunette. And if you know me, I have the biggest issue with brunettes. (laughs) Like, they just, they always seem like such a big threat to me. There were guys there, obviously, as well. They were in bathing suits. And, like, that, I assumed they did things, but because I was so focused on the bikinis, I don't really know what they did. That rumination, that obsession part of it. Yeah, that was very, like, my brain was just, like, on overdrive jealous of this whole situation because preppy was a very outgoing and friendly person so of course he's gonna talk to everyone and he was not exclusive to girls i will say that about him he talked to men too but the girls flocked to him because he was such a nice outgoing guy and i shut down i just observed and i obsessed and i watched these beautiful women in bikinis come up to my man and him engage them in a very intellectual conversation and me being like I don't have the tools to compete with these women I'm not a brunette I'm not tone I don't have big boobs I don't have the tools to keep him they're gonna take him they're gonna he's going to finally realize that I am not top tier material essentially so after a while of standing there and not going out myself and making friends like this could have been a good opportunity for me to like go up to these girls and be like hey do you want to go get a drink over there um I don't know anyone who's this and like have them introduce me to people something like step out of my shell um but I just didn't and I continued to retreat into myself and allow my jealous feelings of these girls talking to my boyfriend weren't doing anything wrong, but in my head, it was wrong. I don't know why it was. And so I went into the living room by myself and I sat on my phone and I texted my friend and I was like, I don't know what to do because I'm not having fun and he is having fun and I don't want him to stop having fun, but I can't sit here and watch him talk to other girls because if I do that, 
then I like it was like I didn't want to not be able to I don't even know it was like this just feeling of like complete like insecurity taking over my soul anyway he texted me while I was um on the couch and he's like where are you and I was like I'm in the living room he's like come out please and like he tried to like bring me and I will give him uh credit for um doing his best to keep me included and like he like put me on his lap and like tried to like get me involved in these conversations but now I looked like the idiot <laughs> that had to be called out of the living room to come and enjoy the party and like he tried to like give me a drink and be like hey this one is it's not gonna get you drunk like it's just really light and like he just wanted me to have a good time and after a while he got really annoyed with me um just not engaging which is like valid because we came there to have a good time and I was not and I was not going to have a good time because I saw threats everywhere. I was in the land of ultimate perceived threat. So he started going out and having fun with his friends because he knows these people and he made new friends. And I just decided it was best for me to leave and let him have fun rather than me be the party pooper, right? And so I went up to him and was like, hey, I'm going to go back to the hotel. And he felt so bad. But I was like, you look like you're having fun here. And like, he he, he was kind of a frat boy, let's be honest. <laughs> he was kind of a frat boy. So like doing the party scene really made him feel um, happy. And uh, I just wanted to leave and so he asked if he should come with me but I could tell on his face he didn't want to leave so I said um no (laughs) and so I got an uber and I went back to the hotel and I just thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it alone in my hotel room while he was out having a good time with his friends they eventually uh, the party like ended and they went out to this bar where there was like apparently like a 90s band like cover going on and they had a great time until like 4 a.m and I was lying in bed staring at the ceiling just so fucking worried about whether or not he was gonna come home and still be okay with our relationship and I wasn't sure if I wanted to come him to come home if he was going to have conversations with beautiful brunettes and bikinis <laughs> Uh, But he did come home and we did make up. But honestly, that night was so fucking miserable. And it could have been so different had I just stopped obsessing and stopped being jealous. I ruined that night for myself. And I could have been the girl at the bar rocking out to 90s hits with my sexy boyfriend. But no, I was alone in bed. And to be honest with you, after that night, he smiled less around me. It ruined a good portion of our relationship. I never want to have another experience where I allow myself to ruin a good night ever again. I no longer want to lie in bed at night ruminating over someone else's actions and I definitely do not want to go home from another party upset insecure and angry over my own fucking actions so I have made the jealousy challenge (laughs) so what I'm doing with the jealousy challenge is not that I've set my boundaries is I'm going to be implementing them with people who I have seen as a threat before or currently see them as a threat. Um, I'm not in a relationship right now, but that doesn't mean I'm not a jealous person. I've done this with my sister. I've done this with my friends. I did it while I was in Korea with my with the few friends that I had. I have things to work on now outside of a relationship. And I think it will only benefit me when I in a relationship where things where the stakes are a little higher I think it'll benefit me to have the smaller things addressed and to create those habits and those neural pathways now so that I can continue to strengthen them and weaken the jealous side so I'm going to be doing a part two of this 
to follow up on the progress of the jealousy challenge. But essentially, um, the start of it is I'm identifying a person now who I get jealous over and I'm going to befriend them in an honest way, no ulterior motives, just to be their friend. I guess the ulterior motive is to also um, not be jealous of them anymore, but I feel like that's kind of healthy, so that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself that. So I befriend them. I have to then have a healthy conversation with them to get to know who they are and then compliment them. A sincere compliment that is meant based on who they are and not just like something superficial that you could say to anyone. After that, I have to, anytime I feel jealous about this person, is challenge those thoughts, like I said, with those boundaries. Every single time. Anything comes up, challenge those thoughts, challenge those thoughts. I'm not currently in a relationship with someone, so I can't have the open communication that I would like to have um, in regards to that. But that's where having the communication with that person is helpful. I think it's also helpful to remember that anytime you do something, you should be doing it to improve your life. And if you're not choosing yourself, you're choosing to self-sabotage, right? If you're not choosing the healthy path, you're you're self-sabotaging yourself. Nothing about jealousy has ever improved your life. It's just going to sabotage what you hold dear. Um, I definitely do feel like even though I'm not in a relationship, I can set boundaries with my friends. And one of those big ones, one of those really important ones has to do with friends with benefits types of relationships. I put this in the title because I know y'all like the juicy tea and uh, I put it towards the end uh, because it's gonna be the hardest one to talk about. (laughs) And this is in no way trying to point out any flaws or any type of lifestyle that someone chooses to live and say that it's bad. Because it's not bad if you do it in a healthy way um, and you have a really good jealousy control panel in your head. (laughs) But for me, I had to learn in the hardest way possible that situationships and friends with benefit type relationships cannot exist if you have a high jealousy reaction. In normal situations where you're dating and you've had the discussion that you are Um, not exclusive yet I feel like that's kind of a similar feeling where during that time you you feel like you're not really sure if you can make a clear shot on whether or not they're being disrespectful with talking to someone else yet you know that feeling of when you find out that they're still seeing other people and you haven't had the we're exclusive talk and it makes you want to have the exclusive talk because you have feels now that just stays for like forever because you don't know and then my situation I'm not going to go full details into it like my situation when I first got into it I was still in love with preppy and so for me it benefited me and it benefited the other party and we were on a clear path but then I got feels that was my fault for not (laughs) doing anything about it but I continued to feel jealous knowing what we were it's so confusing it's so much harder to control your emotions and to set a clear boundary when it feels like you should have a type of commitment with how you feel for that person and how you interact when you are together and alone. But then when you're apart, it's almost like a trust factor in the relationship gets taken out for forever. And like you have to be like, ah, well, I trust them, but I know they're with other people. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where the danger lies. A gray area. Now, I don't want to sound like the whole time I was in this situation, Shep, that I was miserable. Because I honestly, I wasn't. In the beginning, I was still in love with Preppy. I was still kind of just wanting to have that type of connection without a commitment. So the entering into the situation, Shep, was mutually beneficial. 100%, I will say that. And I feel like that other person can agree with that. But the problem is, is when feels started to creep in and a gray area was developed within the situationship. And gray areas within situationships is basically the way that I define it is 
It's harder to determine when someone's being disrespectful. It's harder to determine whether or not a boundary has been crossed. Um, It's harder to determine, I guess, what amount of trust of those boundaries you give to that person. Like it's just, you feel differently sometimes every hour of the day. And that is such a fucked up way to maintain a relationship because that gray area will kill it. It will kill it stone dead. And for me, I spiraled in this gray area for way too long. And um, I allowed my boundaries to flip-flop and I allowed my expectations to not be clear because I, I was living in this gray area where it's like, well, what are my expectations? And what do I really think is within the parameters? And do I really feel jealous or am I feeling disrespected? I don't know. <laughs> And because I stayed so long in a situationship and I had such strong feels and such a strong connection with this person, the primal part of my brain was constantly firing off because I was like, I would like to keep this in my life, but I can't because I don't have it. I've never had it. And so my brain is super confused and my emotions are up and down as a reaction to the neural pathways that I have in my head set for this person. And they're confused as fuck up there. My brain had no idea what to do with my emotions. And let's be perfectly honest. The deepest, most insecure root in my feels at that point was I can't stake a claim on them to have any type of say about anything. And so really, every woman that came up to him was a valid perceived threat, which is not a good thing to have established in your brain if you want to have healthy relationships in the future. If you are giving yourself an opportunity to see the women that come up and talk to your man as a valid perceived threat, and you create that neural pathway and let it stay, I really hope you have a very strong-willed, personality to get that out of you for the next time that you are actually in a committed relationship because that's not healthy but I feel like that's what the situationship did for my brain is I knew that he could commit to someone else because he wasn't committed to me and we had been together for months and months and months and gotten closer and closer and closer but because we had no set boundaries and parameters within a committed relationship. And I knew that I was, because I knew I wasn't the person he was committed to. And every woman that came up and flirted with him and that he went on a date with and that he um, spent time with just casually, they were perceived threats and they were valid threats. They could take him if he wanted to commit to them. And I knew it. Do you see how that like, how that's gonna like mix in my brain and create weird neural pathways. (laughs) The, I know he's not committed to me, so those people are real threats. They're real threats. They could take him. Jealousy is supposed to be perceiving a threat, but I knew that they were threats. And so like, I have this constant alert system in my brain connected to the singular cortex being like, oh no, oh no, oh no. But logically, I knew that I had agreed to this situation and I was okay with it. So... And at that point, once you reach that state in your mind where your neural pathways are like, you don't have him and they can take him and you know he can go away at any time, but he spends time with me. I'm not going to get into the full details of everything on that because it is very ingrained and very uh, personal to me. Everyone's everyone's story is different, right? But that part of it is the part that I feel like has remained too long in my brain and I'm trying to break it off. I don't want gray areas anymore in my life. And I don't ever want to feel like anyone is an actual threat to me. Because again, I should have in that situation, had I known better, then verbally told myself, he isn't mine to keep. If they can take him, 
they can have him because that's their dance space. I'm not going to step into his dance space and move his feet to cha-cha with me. Like that's, that's completely the opposite of what I would want for my life anyway. I want someone who comes up and says, let's tango, right? So again, I'm not saying in any way that no one should ever get into a friends with benefits situation. I'm just saying that I had to learn for myself that for me with a person, a person who has a very active uh, jealousy control center in my brain um, that I cannot engage in those type of uh, relationship situationships, friends with benefits type thing. I can't anymore because I need those clear boundaries. And you are either a friend or you are committed to me. I have to have those or my neural pathways are going to get fucked. <laughs> and again, I don't ever want to have the reaction of, I need to get into their dance space and I need to get rid of these real threats. Like, I don't want to have that anymore. I would really like to be able to go throughout life and just chill. Wouldn't you like that? It, doesn't that sound so much better than having ruminating thoughts? Doesn't that sound so much more relaxing than allowing your brain to constantly break your own heart. I'm done with that. Honestly, I would 100% rather get to know these people that I'm seeing as a threat and let them inspire me into being someone that is like that. I want to be the threat. <laughs> I want to be the person that is threatening to other people just by the fact of how confident I am about my presence in the room. I think that sounds fire, but I never want to actually be someone's like, I don't want to be a homewrecker. Let me, let me make that clear. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, I don't want to be ruminating. I want to be confident in my own skin and know my value. And that's where it ends. Like anything else that happens around me, that's their shit. And that is just my dance space, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I think that is it for today. I have gotten my feels all worked up. Ugh, I've given you some very personal stories. Um, and I have set up a jealousy challenge. Now, um, I'm going to be working on that myself and documenting it. And when I feel like I have reached a stage where I feel like I've hit some sort of goal within it I will do an updated jealousy episode on my podcast and if you are following along with me let me know I would love to hear um, about any experiences you have whether they are successful or if they're failures and being able to get over um, jealous acts I guess I could tell you where to find me. Um, so you can find me on Instagram pretty easily. I have two Instagram accounts. So it really just depends on what content you want to see. Um, but uh, the main one that I'm on is the underscore flying underscore fox. I'll say that again. The underscore flying underscore fox. So just let me know there and um, we'll get through this together. One less jealous person at a time. <laughs> okay. I'm going to follow up uh, next week with a really exciting episode with my very first guest. I'll see you next week. Be kind to yourself. Goodbye. <laughs>